This is TFP, The Fans Perspective with Charlie Tricks, Remy Say and John B. Totally ripped off the UFC on that the original USC theme right there. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the fans perspective. I'm your host, Charlie Tricks, and I'm here with my brother. Remy say, what's good, everybody? <laughs> what's good, everybody? And we got my man. It's your boy John Boom. What's happening? Calling me. John Boom on the line. And the reason we went through this obnoxious fighting uh, intro is because we got friend of show. He's not new here. Calling back in, Joe Cantrell. Joe's on the line. Say what's up, Joe. What's up, everybody? Yo, how did you like that intro? We tried really hard. I was, Yo, was Joey. <laughs> He's an ass whooping machine. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so how you guys doing out there? Yo, Joe, um, mm-hmm. we we dropped our first episode. It was actually episode 50. Uh, so we did half a hundred. And um, we had a few people call in. We had the Golden Jews call in, Bobby and Roman. And, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, we had a really fun episode. So we wanted, we're going to kick it up a notch and we're going to be doing these regularly. So <clears throat> obviously you as friend of the show, we wanted to get you back on ASAP. So uh, how are you doing? Appreciate how that. is the Corona, Rona, Rona treating you and your life? What's going on with you? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, right now I'm essentially not working doing my chosen profession. Um, pretty much anybody in my field is not working. Uh, Tell us what your field you know, is for the people who don't know. I'm a Muay Thai instructor. And, a uh, lethal fucking killer Muay Thai instructor, right? Don't and be, don't he's be also modest. a vigilante. <laughs> At the nighttime, he's that? a vigilante. He has a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are retarded. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. But but yeah, I mean, so I've had to, I've had to take like um, a job working at a restaurant doing takeout two days a week, and um, you know, I've had I'm doing like grocery deliveries for people in my in my community, and you know, they kick me a little some money here and there, but uh, you know, it's not it's, it's. I mean, aside from it being like a huge blow to the ego, I meant from being like really psyched about telling people what I do for a living to kind of being like, yeah, I deliver groceries. You know, it's, uh, it's you know, fiscally not even close. Um, well, and, you know, it's well, also... What, what you really should say is that you do whatever you need to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And that's... Un- right. We're in an unfortunate situation, but I'm just saying that because yeah. I know you, you my man, so... I don't want you uh, thinking like that. You you just doing what you gotta do to survive, but uh, things will bounce back. That's what we're hoping, you know. Um, I mean, we, you know, it's 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 it is what it is. You know, I mean, you it's it's we've got to think of people's safety first, and that's really the most important thing right now. Making sure everybody stays isolated and away from each other to to kill the spread of this thing, but. You know, it, it it does kind of suck because I do enjoy teaching. I, you know, I teach because I love to teach and I do miss my students and, you know, the rapport I have with them. Um, so I'm hoping when all this is said and done, we get right back to it. Yeah, I hope so too, man. Yeah. I hope so too. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as that, that world goes, what are you looking, what's it looking like moving forward um, you know, in that, in that aspect, I mean, I feel like the world has changed and nothing's going to be the same, 
is is it going to change the uh the the future of the Muay Thai, the camp, the training, the the situation because I I've been there with you. I know what it's like, the camaraderie. There's nothing better than training at the camp and making friends and learning together and getting your ass kicked together and and then growing and getting to the next belt. It's a real bonding experience. It is a real bonding experience. Those people become family. And uh, like that part can't go away. But I also feel like then there's like kind of like a change in the world going on. So what do you see happening in the future? I think what's going to happen is, you know, there's going to always be, I don't think it's just our school. I think it's every school. Um, You know, I, I feel like there's a core group of people. And then there are the people on the fringe and the people on the fringe, depending on whatever they do for a living, will probably not be there when everything is said and done. Um, I feel like the people only like the real hardcore people are going to be there when on that first day we're back and we open the doors. Right. Um, and I feel like that's going to be kind of the way it is for every school, you know, I mean, and, and, and it's not, it's not that it's a bad thing. I mean, you know, it's not like anyone's being malicious. I mean, you got to think about it. Like if you just signed up on a Monday and by like Friday, the school's closed for a month, you know, you, you, what kind of, what opportunity did you have to really get invested in the school to become, you know, familiar with the other students to, to build that camaraderie that we're talking about. So I, I don't hold it against those people that have done that. I, I understand. Um, but so I think getting back, it's going to be, the classes are going to be significantly smaller it's going to be like we're reopening the gym for the first time all over again. I feel like with like even the kids classes and you know, it's just going to be a a rebuilding process. And I feel like that's going to be that way for the majority of the schools. It's not every school in the United States that's going through this right now. Yeah. I hear that. And the question I got, um, I got for you, Joe, um, do you think, I still think that, you know, you know, the type of profession you do is still going to be very, very significant once we're done with all this Corona situation. Do you think that maybe the classes are going to get smaller, but you might have to do more like streaming, you know, some type of virtual uh, training classes um, that like kids could probably do it right at home or things like that. You think that could, that might be something that would be after the Corona that you might have to also get in, get involved in. I think so. I think so. I think it's going to have to be some kind of almost um, like supplemental training. Like, you know, the child may take two classes a week, three classes a week, what have you, but then they have the resource to review things online. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't really know um, the whole logistics of the Corona thing, but I, I've heard, and, you know, don't quote me on this because this could be completely erroneous. It could just be hearsay that, the conditions for this to have a resurgence could very well happen in late, like um, late October, early November again. So, you know, with that in the back of my mind going forward, it would be remiss of us not to really want to set up some kind of online training for our students. So it doesn't, it doesn't have the impact this time around did because we were definitely not prepared for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, um, what you were saying about the waves, it's basically they're talking about it coming in waves. And uh, I think the Spanish flu was three waves. So there would be another wave potentially around winter. And that's basically the people who went into lockdown and were not exposed to the virus. If the virus is still out there and there's not a vaccine, it's possible that it spreads again. So it wouldn't be as bad as now, but it would still be significant. So yeah, the idea would be to prepare. And I think definitely, I know even just looking at um, IG, uh, our boy Dane put up a small clip explaining um, shadow boxing, something simple and interesting, and like a quick lesson on how to shadow box. And that was really cool. And I think even stuff like that, those little mini supplemental things can work as good um, reminders to people what's going on, what you can learn and the yeah, value well, there. Well, the one thing I will say is that um, we as a species, we adapt and people are adapting and businesses are adapting as well. And this is one of those things, you know, Dane putting up that video, that's him adapting to the situation. Um, I know the, the, 
the salon that my girl works for, um, they're closed. But what the owner did was she started putting together color kits and instructions on how to do your color at home and mailing them to people. And people are buying them. So, like, people and business owners are just adapting to the change in the environment. And that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, and that that helps just like you right now. And, you know, you're adapting to, to the change in the environment. Um, but um, yeah. we utilize the band app, too. We, we, we have our, all our students logged into the band app and uh, we, we have a lot of videos there for them to use. Now, we're like we're actually doing a week by week breakdown of a particular technique. And there's a, a video lesson every day for Monday through Friday for the students. Nice. That's awesome. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, you know, what I was thinking is, you know, this is me, John, don't quote me on this, is that no matter what happens, no matter what changes we go through, an ass whooping is <laughs> always going to have to be delivered. No matter what, no matter what change we go through, so there's going to have to be someone teaching how to lift someone's ass properly. So, and that's my name, Joe, so I think, Right now, you know, it, it might not be the time, you know, with the clone, but once, you know, a couple months, a couple, you know, when a year passes, you'll be right back in there, bro, and teaching people how to look ass because that's what people need. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the the other on the end of the spectrum with this too is, <laughs> is um, Joe's considered you know, people, essential people services. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I have a feeling it's going to eventually turn into that because. Uh, actually, well, someone was actually telling me today that, like, you know, if this goes on for much longer, like, for, let's say this goes on for, like, you know, till, like, June or July, he's like, like you could be, rest assured, civil unrest is in the is in the works. And, like, I, in, my, in my head, I'm like, well, it might be time for people to learn how to defend themselves if that's the case, because, I mean, outside of, like, I guess, carrying a firearm, that's pretty much your next your next safest bet. Um, but I mean, I, I really don't want to play that angle. I feel like that's just almost like wishing it upon us. And I really, really don't. Hey, like, let's keep you know, that like, morbid like that shit. Bird, that, that's being realistic. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, hey, hey, let me tell y'all something. I know this game is, I know Remy, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll back me up on this. There's a video game called Division that is a very similar situation of what's going on right now. Almost like, you know what I'm saying? Um, Run back me up a little bit on this, man. You yeah, know, it's, a, it's almost like it's a like a outbreak, and everybody's stuck in inside and lockdown, and they wind up forming different militias and stuff to get the supplies they need. So you wind up with all these different factions shooting around the city. It's a pretty crazy ass game. It's crack. Um, and you know, I think, but realistically, yeah. even going, you know, people potentially needing to be able to defend themselves in a situation like this, it definitely could happen. And I think that's just being realistic. It's not, um, it's just something you have to consider. I know I've had friends talk to me like, yeah, I'm going to get a gun. I need to get my license to carry and shit like that out of fear that this is going to be the Thunderdome soon and shit. It's just, it's where your mind goes. And, you know, I've seen mad videos of people fighting over toilet paper to think that you don't want to know how to at least throw a proper punch and, you know, move your head when a punch is coming at it, uh, you know, wisely to position yourself and move your feet right, that it's just a simple thing that can go a long way. Everybody's had to deal with some type of bully at some point. Right, right on, right on. Yeah, yes. I just, just don't want to see it get to, like, that purge mentality. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Hopefully it doesn't. I no, think I don't think we're listen, we're not going I don't think we're going to purge Vincali, at least not yet. Um but I will say that this should be an eye opener to everyone for how fragile our little mm-hmm. thing that we all have going here is, you know. One well, one thing comes uh, along and it could tear this shit the fuck down. We got to be real careful here. And also we have to realize who who is important right now that this chaos is going on who is really important is that executive board sitting at home really that fucking important or is our fucking brothers and sisters and fucking surge 
and Natalie working in the fucking ER on these people yeah. more important. You person know, person at the grocery store right the person now that I is just more important my to me from, than Bill know? Gates is at the moment. So it's just that's Hell a little yeah. that's another little add on. You know, just in my direct experience in life, the grocery store people, people that are even delivering takeout, it's it's making things a lot easier for us for damn sure and making life better. So it's just simple things like that, that, you know, you learn you learn to appreciate, I hope, you know. Well, I mean, don't you think that they should have some kind of not I'm not saying compensation, but some kind of like protection, like medically for people that are doing these services? Cause I mean, Oh, I'm, I think compensation should be included. Both. Both. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, like I'm delivering groceries for like a lot of my clientele are elderly mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not, I'm not charging them an arm and a leg. I wouldn't do that. I just think that's just shitty. I mean, they give me, they, they do tip me and you know, I'm gracious for that. I, you know, I appreciate it. Um, but the thing that scares me the most is, you know, only up until like what this week, starting this week, or maybe the end of last week, do they say that you couldn't even go into a store without a mask on? So I'm walking around getting groceries, wearing my mask, and I see other people in the grocery store without them. And I'm thinking to myself, well, these people are like, I could be getting exposed to this stuff, trying to hook somebody else up. And then what happens? And now I can't even work and I can't get groceries for myself because yeah. I'm you know, bedridden. Yep. And the um, supplies are there. I think, well, the supplies should have been there. And instead we don't have the supplies we need. There was enough time to do that. And I think they should be handing those masks out before you get into that yeah. grocery store. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's, <clears throat> that's a tough spot, Joe. And, and, uh, you know, because of you and, and other people that I know, um, i it concerns me, you know, because, I want my friends and my family to be safe. So when I think about like, damn, you, while you're doing a service and you need to do a service because you need to have your income maintaining your life, uh, you're also putting yourself at risk. So that part, you know, that shit really gets to me, man. And it's it's just one of those things where, uh, you know what it makes me think of? For everyone going to the store, everyone going shopping. If you're leaving your house, you got one option, and this is it. Mask on, fuck it, mask on. Mask on, fuck it, mask on. Keep your fucking mask on, all right? <laughs> yeah, I just ordered four masks. I just had to order four new ones, man, because there's no joke out here, man. I think personally that they should have had masks a long time ago, you know, because of all these ugly motherfuckers out here. Um, <laughs> should have had the N- N69s a long time ago. I was telling them that they didn't want to listen to them. Uh, <laughs> Yo, listen. <laughs> this sounds like a perfect place for us to take a little break. Listen, you guys that are tuned in, Hang on for just a second. You're not going to miss a fucking thing. Fellas, hang on to the line. Which one do you want to go with, Remy? You pick. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. I feel fine. You're listening to TFP, the fans' perspective. So we wanted to run it back and talk a little UFC and MMA because we got my man Joe here with us. And I wanted to give us a little bit of a segue story. So I was asking these guys if they heard about Anthony Smith's story because we were just discussing how more people are going to want to learn to defend themselves because it's getting real out there. And just this week... Anthony Smith, who you all know, fought against John Jones for the title. Light heavyweight. Light heavyweight. 205 pound championship against John Jones, possibly the greatest fighter of all time. He woke up at 4 a.m. to the sound of a stranger in his house. And Smith said he struggled for more than five minutes to subdue the man. Identified as Luke Haverman before police arrived. 
I didn't know what he had, Smith said. Typically, people don't break into your house in the middle of the night for any good reasons. I'm expected that I'm going to hear a gunshot or he's going to stab me like he's got something. I figure I've got about two minutes before whatever he's got takes me out. So he wound up scrapping with this dude. Um, Let's see. It says he wound up saying the guy was tougher than he expected and that he threw everything he had at him. So he goes, no normal human is able to fight like that. I'm by no means the baddest dude on the planet, but he's a regular Joe and I had a hard time dealing with him. And he took everything that I gave him, every punch, every knee, every elbow. He took every single one of them and kept fighting me. Wow. But damn, <clears throat> that sounds like a fucking scary night. Yeah. I mean, it felt like the guy might have been hopped up on PCP or something. Had to be. That's the same thing I thought. Like, this guy's hopped up on something because you got a professional 205-pound UFC fighter, which means he's probably like 230 on his, yeah. you know, in between fights, and he's fucking hooking off on you. For five minutes. For five minutes it knees. takes him. <laughs> Yo, he, said, he said he was kneeing the guy, and the guy <laughs> took him. Imagine imagine breaking into a home and you run into a UFC champion. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> that's like, um, that that's much, like the, uh, I'm gonna that's go, I'm gonna put all this back, I'm gonna get out of here. That's it. Well, no, yeah, that guy like didn't that, uh, even. That guy didn't even put it all back. He fucking fought the guy and apparently fought pretty good. What were you saying, Joe? Yeah, I said that's like that moment when you in the like Anchorman when they jump into the bear pit. I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> yeah. like, like, that guy came to the window and saw a UFC fighter. <laughs> like, oh, Yo, bro, wait and, a second. And imagine um, if you walk in there, you know, you see all the trophies, the fucking pictures. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll for tell real. You a similar situation. It, it's not it, it's not UFC, but you know, you know when we was good, when we was good before this whole Corona thing. You know, we was installing, we were doing installing installation with the Home Depot. So we was at this guy's house, right? Uh, putting a stair runner on his steps, which is like you know, like a bounded carpet, like right on down the middle, uh-huh. and we fucked it up, right? Uh-huh. So the dude wasn't home, so they, so we, we got to call the dude to come to the house to take a look at it. Mind you, the installer that is there, um, he's like, yo, bro, this guy is a fucking bodybuilder. <laughs> oh, God. Like, yo, bro, like, he takes a, like, while he's waiting for the guy, I guess he's just browsing real quick around the house. He's like, yo, and you tell him he's coming to the house mad as hell? He's like, yo, I'm leaving. Yo, <laughs> the installer fucking left, bro. He said, yo, are you guys crazy? Yo, and then we Googled the dude. Big ass, buff ass motherfucker, bro. Crazy. You don't want to piss that guy off. Don't, you know. You wanna, you know the thing is, he was already pissed. Because now he had, he had to leave his job to come to, to the house to take a look at the runner that we messed up. He was pissed as hell. Would he have so been... While, angrier if he had to leave his job or if he had to leave the gym which no it was the well in this case yo honestly imagine that he could have probably been at the gym that that's probably why it was really pre-workout and he didn't get to take it out on that iron he's like yo bro first of all i heard already the conversation he had with the other install manager he's like yo i'm going over there now yeah. So you usually tell him to wait till the customer comes and then leave. But this dude was like, "Fuck yeah, niggas! I am leaving now." That sounds like a coward. Hold that out of there. By the way, but anyway. <laughs> Yo, check it out. So we got something funny we want to do for you guys. We're gonna play a couple of songs. Theme songs. We're gonna play a couple of theme songs. Let's see. If either of you guys can guess what movie that this is from. And between them, we'll talk different UFC right. stories because uh, I got a few I want to hear from I'll Joe do, about. I'm going to do this one first. Okay, okay. John, you ready? Now you guys it's could you just, Joe. You just shout it out whenever you know it. All right? Okay. You ready? Here it comes. Uh oh! What happened? What happened? It froze. 
Oh, we got something wrong with the sound. Hold on. <laughs> check, check. Okay. I don't know. Well, that, well, that just decided to crap out on us. Yeah, we'll have to do that between segments. Yeah, they're all silent right now. What the... What the, all right, you keep talking. So, yo, then out. while he tries to fix that, uh, Joe, the big fight that was canceled was um, Khabib versus Tony Ferguson, right? But yeah. right before, well, right after, they decided they were still going to try to put the fight on, and they booked Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson. And I'm interested to hear what you thought about that matchup. I thought that was a mistake for Ferguson to take that fight. It's not a good fight for him. Um, that guy, Gaethje, first of all, Ferguson's not going to outwork him. Gaethje is not a guy who gets tired. Uh, he's got that beautiful low kick and he knows how to set it up. No matter like he, he, his timing on it is pretty impressive. Like he gets the guy stepping back. He gets the guy stepping in. He goes inside and outside. Tony, you know, I don't care how much rehab Tony did and like how impressive it is. He got, He's still got a bum knee at the end of the day. His knee is never going to be 100%. And you got a guy who's like a leg kick specialist who, for all intents and purposes, probably has better wrestling than Tony. Um, So he's not going to be worried about the takedown from Tony. Um, And, you know, the Tony, Tony's only advantage I could see would be his reach. uh, Because Gaethje doesn't have the same height, but Gaethje's reach is, I think like six inches shorter, if I remember correctly, something along those lines. But I, I feel like that's—I don't know. I don't think Gaethje was really too worried about Tony's boxing because he's probably going to leg kick the life out of him. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I didn't see it being a smart matchup for Tony to take. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's not going to get him, um, you know, championship status. It's not going to get him the big payday. Mm-hmm. It's a filler fight against a guy who could potentially, even if Tony wins the fight, you know he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get some damage from a guy like Gaethje. It's not gonna be an easy fight. Yep. Either way, he's not gonna leave undamaged, and it just doesn't make sense for him to take the risk. Yeah, I feel the same way. I thought stylistically, I like the Khabib matchup for Tony Ferguson better than the Gaethje matchup. I actually feel that way for um, I think Gaethje's a bad matchup for Khabib too. It's just styles make fights. But um, yeah. the same thing to me is Ferguson, He's his best thing is his grappling. As much as he's good at striking, his pace is amazing. When he gets on the ground with dudes, it's really impressive. And Gaethje's the opposite of he's going to have trouble getting him down. And he's an in-and-out fighter. He moves a lot, but he's hittable. Those leg kicks are going to land, man. And he's not going to be able to yeah. catch a leg kick and take him down. Gaethje's a master at that. Um, it exactly. Just, it, I thought it was a rough matchup and an interesting fight. Like, I want to see that fight, but first I want to see Ferguson versus Khabib. They're, they've earned it, and that should happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any... I, I Honestly, I'm... Yeah, I I, I, you know, I I don't want to see anything other than that fight at this point. I'm, I've, I'm so tired of being built up to it and then not having it happen. It's like, you know, it's not insert sex joke there it's not it's not cool i mean i I need i need i need the fight to happen it needs to happen it needs to be one it needs to be done with because here's the thing too notoriously ufc when they have a card like that that everybody wants to see they're gonna drag that shit out there's gonna be a rematch clause and the fucking thing and the Mm -hmm. whole nine yards as long as as this isn't like a first round blowout there'll be a rematch and uh you know they'll drag that shit on forever yeah so yep absolutely i want to get it out of the way but let's see who that those guys earned it. They have the longest streaks in lightweight history against each, and now against each other. They'll decide who has the record, and I think that's the match to make. And the other one was going to be Gaethje versus Conor McGregor. Now I want to know if you feel the same way as I do on this. I think out of the three guys, Khabib, Tony, and Conor, Conor's got the best style for Gaethje. Uh, well, he's got that in and out style like Gaethje does too, so that's going to be good. He understands using a leg kick. Um, and, of course, you know, he's got that, that ferocious left hand. I do think, though, that if it goes in later rounds, Gaethje will rise to the occasion because he's just got 
pace. Significantly better cardio. Yep. Like yep. insane. Like unless McGregor has, you know, revamped his entire program for the last two years, which I seriously doubt. Uh, he, I mean, look, there are, there are guys that, that possess more of different types of, of muscle fiber. There's the guys that are like the Nate Diaz's who could just go for days, but they go for days at like a, a moderate pace. Right. And then there's the guys like McGregor, uh, like um, Anthony Pettis, Edson Barbosa, who are explosive and fast, but they get they can get worn out. They mm-hmm. they can be Jose Aldo. They can be they can be made tired. They can hit quickly. They can move quickly, but they can only do it for short bursts. They're like a sprinter versus a marathon. Uh, I think Gaethje has has a better gas tank than McGregor for, for sure. sure. He's just got a better he's just got a better engine. And I feel like if he, you know, if he gets out of the first round and starts leaning on McGregor and, like, and, you know, and using his wrestling to kind of start wearing him out first and then goes back to the in-and-out and leg kick game, I feel like he, he could be the first guy to actually knock McGregor out. Finish uh, him off of pace and leg kick, him. huh? See, yeah, to me— I think so. I think— I think the one difference I see is that um, when Gaethje fought guys like uh, Dustin Poirier and um, Eddie Alvarez even, you saw that the striking levels weren't that far apart, and Poirier actually kind of outclassed him as a striker to, using boxing combinations. And I think that right. McGregor has a precision about his striking and a power behind it that neither Khabib or uh, Tony Ferguson can mimic. And I think the difference is... McGregor is going to be able to put Gaethje out with uh, a well-placed left hand. And Gaethje isn't that elusive of a fighter. He's more of a, I'm going to grip my teeth and force you into a brawl. Those guys have that's had the worst Connor, matchup that's for why, Connor. That's why He's Connor those guys. is a bad matchup for him. Because, that's what I think. Um, yeah. You have uh, a charge in, kind of charge in, bite my teeth, go for it kind of guy, and a sniper. Yeah, that, and that's not a good combo. It's yeah, like Gaethje's the submachine gun versus a sniper. But, but so did you hear? I so I was I was reading that um, uh, Gaethje got pissed that people say that he just charges in like that, and he was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> he was like, "All of it is calculated." He's like. Every single thing. You know what? Recently, I feel like that's more true. Against Edson Barbosa, especially, I thought I had a similar feeling with Barbosa versus Gaethje was that the precision striker is going to catch Gaethje before you can gas him. And that Barbosa went to sleep. So he looks like he's gotten more elusive as he's fought in the UFC. After getting kneed in the face by uh, Alvarez, that was the one that I think woke him up. I feel like, you know, Gaethje is still on the come up. You know what I mean? He hasn't really, he hasn't hit his stride yet. Mm-hmm. McGregor has hit his stride. McGregor had his heyday. He's, listen, his last fight with, um, Cerrone? Who the fuck did he? Yeah. Listen, I, I mean, you took me out a guy who was dark. Yeah, you took out a guy who was declining. <laughs> it's, you know not, it's not even a matter like, of that. It's just like that. You want to go for the 155 pound champ, you fight. A guy at 170, you know, it's just... Who's off of, like, a loss or two losses in a row. Yeah, you know, and I love Cowboy. Cowboy's one of my favorite fighters. Like, I'm not taking anything away from Cowboy. Cowboy is great. But you get a a quick win over Cowboy, and we're supposed to fucking throw you into the 155-pound championship division. Look at the fucking tournament right now that's going down. You got... Gaethje, Connor, Tony, and Khabib. And behind that, you've got Poirier and Dan Hooker and behind Poirier that. So Poirier's waiting Hooker. in the wings. And guess what? Poirier should be up in that mix. He just, by yeah. default, is out of that mix. And it's just, Listen, it just is Poirier, what it is. If we could give, like, the most improved award to anybody, I'd give it to Poirier. Yeah, me too. Since I love the Connor knockout, too. I love too. Poirier. He d- he's done great. I thought he folded in, yeah. the, in the Khabib fight, but I, I didn't think it was 
It was one of those things where it's like, damn, bad timing. Well, I I just think bad Poirier... Bad timing to shit the bed, you know? Poirier has a lot of the talent, all the talent in the world to me, but he, sometimes you can see the mental game gets to him, especially his Michael Johnson loss. He just let Michael Johnson mm. get in his head. He didn't fight yeah. with any discipline, and he got knocked out. And you can see that happen to him sometimes where the mental but, aspect is where he loses fights. And I, I feel that's, what got, that's a malaise that Cowboy Cerrone suffered from for his entire career as well. Yep. Anytime <laughs> Cowboy ever got anywhere near the big show, he, cra- he cracked. Yep. And listen, let's just face it. Him, him fighting McGregor, I don't give a shit what anybody fucking says. You can hype it all day long. That was a gimme for McGregor. Like, yeah. Connor, you don't got to make weight. You just, just, you know, eat however you want to eat. You know, you don't got to jog. Like you got to run. The slowest starting elite fighter that we can find. The slow starter. Yeah. And, you know, you just, you know, do what you want. It's fine. Just, you know, let it last a couple seconds before you put him to sleep. And, you know, Cowboy Cerrone, yeehaw, I'm sponsored by Budweiser. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I mean, on the can. He's a fucking, he's like a goddamn pinata in a cowboy hat. Might as well have been out there. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was target practice, that fight. It was ugly. Yo, yeah. all right. You wait I mean, up. I, I love up. Cerrone as a person, but whatever. It was a ridiculous fight. Where, where's John Boom? John Boom, where are you at? Yo, we in the house, man. I'm just enjoying this U this UFC Chronicles, you know what I'm saying? All right, all right. I just want to make sure you're still alive and you're still there. And you're so I'm in the game, baby. You know what I'm saying? I'm Yo, so all right, we we got the board working. So do you wanna go back to what we were gonna do? Let me do one more topic with Joe because we're coming up on the segment. Okay, so do that. And then we'll do it when we come back. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to ask Joe about this. Let's finish off UFC. Uh, Henry Cejudo won the title for 135 pounds, and then his immediate first defense was going to be against Jose Aldo, who lost his only fight at 135 pounds, but it was competitive. Jose Aldo is out, and now the replacement is Dominic Cruz, who I don't think has fought in the division for two years. Uh, Joe, I know you were a little pissed off at this one, so tell me how you feel yeah, about I'm, that. Yeah, I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling this fight. First of all, why is Dominic Cruz given the right to, to uh, why, because he's a commentator? When's the last time that motherfucker put on a pair of gloves and saw the inside of a gym? So I, I don't even understand their thinking. Um, I mean, but that also tells you how shallow that weight division is. I mean, they've got no one. They're like, like they grasped at straws because they lost Aldo. I mean, even putting Aldo in that fight is kind of, you know, Weird. it's a little, a little ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it's almost like uh, a revisit of watching Randy Couture at the end of his career. Hey, Randy, you're free next Saturday. We're just going to throw you on this card. It was, it was it kind of looked like it was like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, but, like if, so, I was, if I was, if I was, I'd be a little offended. <laughs> Well, I want to tell you, though, there's two guys that I think absolutely deserve title shots over, Dominic Cruz or Jose Aldo, and that's Peter Yan and um, Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling has had an up-and-down you know, career, but he's been really good in that division. I like Yan. Let, so. let me ask you this. Uh, well, let me ask you this. The rank, ranking-wise, mm-hmm. where, where does Aldo and uh, Cruz even fall in the ranking? Bro, uh, I'm not sure official, but I wouldn't have. I would have Cruz and Aldo below. First off, Aldo lost to Marais, Sergio Marais. So Sergio Marais is above both those dudes uh-huh. to me. Then you've got Peter Yan, who I think is the best guy in the division, and Aljamain Sterling, who I just think has earned it over those guys. He's fighting everybody and winning. He's on a mm-hmm. three or four fight win streak. So that's one, two, three, oh, they- plus Seudo the champion. They're five and six to me. Yeah. So if that's the case, who the fuck wants to see those guys fight? <laughs> yeah. Unless those guys start beating the four, three, two, and one above them before they get to the Cejudo, then you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't get it. Like to me, I feel like USC is basing fights on just Name. marquee names. Yep. And and nothing else. And honestly, like as a fight fan, I'm insulted that you think I'm that fucking stupid that I don't see that. Yep. Like I don't want to. I don't want to see a blowout. Like that's that's not entertaining for me. I'm I'm a cerebral person who wants to see combat between two prepared individuals. I'm not sitting there to watch a barroom brawl. I can go to fucking Miller's at two a.m. 
and I can watch it there. You know what I'm saying? Yo, you want to know, you know how I, long it's been since uh, Dominic Cruz fought? His I'm last sorry, fight. I lost you. What did you say? Dominic Cruz's last fight was December 30th, 2016, and it was a loss to Cody Gerbrandt, where Cody Gerbrandt put on a clinic, bro. Yeah, and and you know what? Here's the thing: Garbrandt put a clinic on him, and then what? Garbrandt turned around, and had a clinic put on him twice by um, T.J. Dillashaw, Killashaw. Yeah. Come on, come on! Like honestly, between me and you, I'd rather see like what, what is what is Dillashaw fighting at now? One forty-five. Dillashaw no. popped, so he's no, been he's out, but he's coming back. Yeah, yeah, he's on. And there was rumors well, that he, if Dillashaw comes back, he's getting a title shot right away, too. So, it, like, the noise around this division is just so sloppy. And they have, I'm telling you, Peter Yan is really good. He's got some of the sharpest hands I've seen in any division, I think. So he's the one I really yeah, want to see I, fight for the belt. I'd rather see the the two and the three take on Cejudo or or even the, the, the who's the number one contender? Yan? Uh, it should be. I think Aljamain Sterling earned it with his fighting, with his fights and wins. Jan would be number two behind okay. him. All right, I'd rather see those two guys fight Cejudo, either one of them, mm-hmm. than what than than sideline Dominic Cruz or washed up Jose Aldo. Yep, like me too. Jose Aldo needs to. Somebody yeah, to tell well, Jose the UFC, needs to stop. The UFC has been very weird with the picks lately. Yep, where there there was a time where it was. No guy who loses a fight is fighting the winner of a fight. You know what Period. I mean? Period, yeah. Period. You fight another loser and you guys work your way back up. <laughs> and that's what that's how it used to be. But it's not like that anymore. But anyway, guys, we're at the, at the end of this quarter. This segment is done. So, uh, you, Joe, stay on the line. Um, John Boom. John Boom, stay on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, tuned in. We'll be right back before you know it. With some old school theme songs. Get locked up, they won't let me out. They won't let me out. Locked up, they won't let me out. No, they won't let me out. Now hear this. You're listening to Charlie Tricks. Let me say. And John Boom. Come on. All right. Lunatic fridge. Yo, Joe, do you uh do you recognize this? No, I do recognize this song. Do you remember that movie? I, like I, I want to say it's not it's not a fight movie. I want to say it's a, a. I feel like it's from like um something like uh, what do you call it? What's the wrestling movie? It's a wrestling movie. Yeah, it's a you're wrestling right, movie. You're right. You're right on. Uh, what, you're... The one with, what's his fucking name? I can he, see his face. And there's a whole scene with him, I'm like, shadow wrestling say, by himself in the montage. That's <laughs> the video that's on our screen right now. Vision Quest. <laughs> you are so right, my brother. That is Vision Quest. Oh, fuck. What is the name of that movie? It's like it's like every wrestler I know, it's, it's like called, their Bible. It's, it's called Vision Quest. Yep, Vision Quest. Vision Quest, thank you, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like to bike messages what Quicksilver is. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yes. John Boom, you heard that? He could name that movie fresh off that song real smooth. Yo, that is that is good. It's like my boy Joe, man. He's good like that with the with the movie theme songs as well. But this is gonna I be like up it. to you. I tried to put I tried to get some movie themes that I'm confident you would get and Los was down mm-hmm. to put Joe up against you for. So you're my bet. I'm, yeah. I'm working with you on this one, Joe. Joe, Joe you got this okay. one. Okay. All right. Shout it out right. when you know And if it. you're listening at home, shout it out before these two and let us know because I think Serge would probably do good at this game too. <laughs> Hell yeah. Text John's number mm. that we accidentally put on the last show <laughs> and send yeah. a nude. Send a nude. Yeah. And also the answer <laughs> yeah. to this song. All right, ready? Here we go. 
Okay. I'm getting the vision right now. I just took the coconut. Coconuts? Come on, you guys know? That's a that's hey, kickboxer. kickboxer? <laughs> yeah, at the same time. At the same yeah, time. kickboxer. <laughs> that's kickboxer. Simultaneous. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there that's our voice. You know what? For that, we got to give a... Daniel Jiggins! <laughs> Yo, you guys did good. All right, all right. Let's check out the next one. You ready? Who? Mm-hmm. Call out this one. I got that Spotify app thing on right now. I'm trying to do this. Shazam. 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 This is Bloodsport. Yes. There it is. Got it. Got it. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I was waiting for the Kum Kum. I tried to get some Van Damme in there for you, John. All right. All right. Let's go Yo, one, I like more. It, one more. One more. Ready? You guys ready? This is a tiebreaker. Check it out. <laughs> oh, Edge of the Dragon. <laughs> oh, nailed it. Oh, nailed it. John, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, oh, John, Wait, that wasn't more. fair. You didn't have a chance on that See one. See if you recognize but this one. You got a good chance on this one. All right, Johnny. You ready? They both. They're going to get this one fast. Kill Bill. Joe's cleaning up. Joe's cleaning up shop right here. Come on, dude. That that wasn't even (laughs) coming Yeah, that was... I think I think it's a mind. That's right. Like I seen the movie in my head, but I couldn't. I, couldn't, I started playing a scene from the movie in my head before I answered. You started fantasizing and everything. You got Johnny got to an answer quick. I'm like, yo, visualizing the movie. Yeah, like it was downloading slowly. It was buffering. Damn. Oh man, that's great. All right, Johnny, are you ready? Yeah, I want you to yell it out as soon as you know what song it is. Yell it out. Ready, Joe? It's competition, so don't let him off easy. Don't be nice. Rocky, Rocky. (laughs) Joe's Joe's a trigger man. It's like Joe's just got his finger on the trigger. I was like. I was seven when that shit came out. I remember that theme song. Like, it was like part of my childhood. Dude. That's not fair. I just thought, I just thought it was obvious. All right. All right. Oh, Fuck man. you guys. Oh, man. This has been fucking hilarious. No worries, John. We knew the tables were stacked against you on these, but I figured I'd try to give you a fighting chance with some Van Damme. Yo, man. It was, it was a good battle, man, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Next time we do, uh, I'll get some theme songs for y'all. Yeah, man. Right. Yeah, man. And don't give me none of that, you know, little woozy shit. <laughs> little disty dab. Little woozy. Little, little take a dab of this. Two of the biggest rappers right now. One of them is Dub Baby and the other one is Lil Baby. And yeah. I hate both oh, their names. The I baby's dope, another, though. There's another baby. There's a 2K baby. 2K, 2K baby? baby? They, did I hear that right? Out. Toupee baby? Actually, yeah, if, if there was a baby in a toupee, that would be funny. But a rapper called Toupee baby, I don't really rock with. I'm, I, I'm I think he like means toupee as in like, like <laughs> to give him money. Oh, really? Yeah, that's not to, like Toupee like, baby? T-O-P-A-Y-Y. <laughs> <laughs> toupee baby? That's a sentence. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, what? Uh, toupee. Uh, 2K like oh 2K that, like, 2K. like NBA 2K yeah baby oh 2K baby you know what I don't <laughs> oh, okay I'm kind of over anybody with the name Lil How many? or baby yeah you know I mean? too many I've I've reached my limit yeah 
of Max. Dodge. I don't know. I kind of like Remy's idea of toupee with toupee. like hairpiece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A baby in a toupee. If you call him toupee baby, I bet that could go viral. <laughs> toupee baby. Toupee <laughs> baby. Oh shit. Oh hilarious. man. That's hilarious. Yo, you know what? Uh, do you guys want to rock around a little MDC? Yo, get nasty. Is with it the wrong time? I'm good with wrong that. Wrong time, wrong place. I like. I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Nah, a, mm-hmm. All right. We're gonna ask for cash. Well, I'm thinking that I would like to remake the Invisible Man. The new Yo, one. Can we choose another movie, bro? We, we haven't we done this? That goddamn movie one more time. <laughs> I thought, but we didn't publish. It that. didn't go on the air. <laughs> we didn't publish. <laughs> All right, after hours. All right, you ready? We'll do another one. Okay, so so then let's circulate. Go, you guys. Uh, John Boom, you got one? A movie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. If you guys remember, uh, there was a movie that Van Damme did with uh, Dennis Rodman called Double Two. <laughs> oh, my that. God. Oh, I, I tried that. to forget that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yeah. hold on, hold on. You guys are I'm losing you guys. You guys are getting a little funky. Hold on. Really? Hello? Yeah. Come back to me. Come back to me. Johnny, you there? Yep, yeah, I'm here. Joe. My checker one two. My checker one two. Joe, you there? Oh yeah, I'm still here. All right, my oh, bad. Okay. My phone the phone started echoing out like crazy, but now you you guys are back. You're good. Okay. Back to the drawing board. So double uh double take. Was that with Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude right, Van Damme. So who goes after John? What's the circle? Uh, who? I don't know, actually. How well, do we right, do this? Joe, you, Joe, you want to pick a director or a cast? You can pick either or. I'll pick director. Okay. Right, so you pick the director for the, the remake of Double Tape. I have a good cast for this. Hmm. Quentin Tarantino. Oh, never mind. I, I want to change my cast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good pick. Okay, so double take. Does... Yo, and maybe uh, Remy and Loach, I could each pick one. You know, one pick Van Damme, one pick Dennis Rodman or something. Okay, okay. okay. You want to pick one? Yeah, what do you want to... Who do you want to take? I, I could do either or. Um, To replace Rodman... I'm gonna pick Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Stop laughing at me like that, Joe. Fucking Shaq. Reciting Quentin Tarantino dialogue would be amazing. Like, I want to see Anthony Joppa. He's like as good as fucking Arnold, bro. (laughs) Well, I actually, so I want, and I was, I made my decision. I was going to pick either Chris Tucker or Jackie Chan, and I'm still picking Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is now Jean Claude Van Damme. short. That's why. It's hilarious. Mm. We're going to have Jackie Chan and Shaq in double take. All right. Directed by Quentin Tarantino, so they're gonna have long monologues. <laughs> they're gonna read out these mon- oh my these monologues. Fucking oh Shaq, Read them very quickly in one breath. That's how Shaq. It's gonna sound like Mushmouth from Fat Albert. <laughs> so, so we've got. Let's run this back. Double take. Oh, Directed yo, by yo, my bad. Not to out. <laughs> yeah. No, go for it, John. Yo, what, the police are there? You gotta go? Yeah, no, 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 yo, Shaq, yo, I just found out Shaquille O'Neal, he has a boat called Free Throw, and they asked him, <laughs> you know, his son said, why, you know, why he calls it Free Throw, because he'll never sink it. He'll never sink it. Oh. Dad jokes for his boat name, clever. Wow. Good job, Shaq. <laughs> yeah, self-deprecating humor. You gotta love it. Well, that Thanks. little shit's out of the inheritance. <laughs> All right, moving so, on. So, oh no, go ahead. What do we got? 
Oh, uh, Double Take. Double Take. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. With Shaq and, and Jackie Chan. And Jackie Chan. Boom. I think that's that yeah, it's double team. Double, double team. team. That's, double team. Oh, that's a pretty that's a that's a pretty good movie. I also have uh an action movie, but it's actually uh well I wanna do sidekicks. Oh, oh. Chuck Norris? Side yep, kicks? Chuck Norris and the kid, the and- dreamer kid. Jonathan, what's his name? Jonathan Brandis, is that his name? He's got an active imagination in that movie. I can't remember his name. Was it Jonathan Brandis? That sounds right. I heard he died. He did. Really? That sucks. I think he committed suicide. Jesus, this just gets more and more sad. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, 2003. Oh, my God. This is uh, the Jonathan Brandis Memorial episode, everybody. Shit. I really liked Sidekicks. That was a great movie. And he was in some other good movies. Yeah, man. Like, shit, I liked. My sister had posters of in her bedroom when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was like a teen heartthrob, huh? Never Ending Story 2. He was in the Never Ending Story. That's what it was. I remembered him. And Sidekicks and the yeah. Ladybugs. This, this kid had some time of shining. But we're remaking Sidekicks. So, yo, do you y'all gonna hit you with the uh, with the cast or what? What I get? Which part of the air? Uh, so I think we should let Joe pick the cast because we pick the cast. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so for Chuck Norris's part, hey, who's why gonna direct get... it? John Boom's gonna oh, yeah. pick the director, or are you? Do you want to pick John, or you want me to pick? Yo, I'll pick it out like it's all good. Okay, pick it out. No, no, but um, Joe's going to say the uh, the cast. Oh, you want the cast no, first? No, but you got to go. Is it an MDC? Yeah, yeah, yep. movie director. Director yeah. first. John Boom, you go with the director, and then we'll go cast. Oh, yo, so since I got the director flow, I want something to make, make this river splash. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going <laughs> to go with my... <laughs> I'm gonna go with my man uh Ridley Scott. Who Ridley Scott? Ooh. <coughs> uh, Ridley, Ridley Scott. Scott he did uh, oh, word. He did, uh Alien. Yeah. yeah. Did the Alien he did the Marker. This would Blade have some Warner, really Gladiator. dope uh fantasy scenes. Yeah. yeah. So Joe, how do you feel about casting? Side All right, so I think, I think for the Chuck Norris role, I'd put Scott Atkins in there. You guys have no idea who Scott Atkins is. Huh? Nope, I'm, I'm googling him as fast as I can right now. <laughs> Scott Atkins uh, played Boyka in Undisputed Three. Got you. Okay. He's a fucking martial arts phenom. A killer. And he's a good actor. Yeah, he's Australian. He's a really good actor. Okay, okay. And for Jonathan Brandis's role, huh? Give me a second. It's coming to me. <laughs> the, the the person that I picked does it matter how old they are now? Can I pick like no. them you younger? Could, you could you could pick them younger. Yeah, you nah. could time machine it. You could use your and your whole imagination. Like mm-hmm. when you're thinking about porn. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole imagination. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I might need a different director for that. Um, <laughs> huh. Okay. I think for the kid role, I'd pick the girl that plays Jennifer on Black Lightning. Ooh, I like. It. I don't know who the fuck. That is. I just seen. I just saw this. You love watching Black Light. Yeah, you were telling um, us that. Not too long ago. All right, let's get this rolling mm-hmm. on. So we got. Mm-hmm. Sidekicks, directed by Ridley Scott, starring China and McLean. 
is her name. Mm-hmm. Scott Atkins. All right, I get to pick mm-hmm. the next movie before we close this session out. So the movie that I would like to remake is the original Wizard of Oz. Ooh. Who's picking a director? Okay. What is that? See, I think this is the moment where we should pick Quentin Tarantino to direct. Well, do you want to <laughs> take it? The, I'm taking it. The Wizard of Oz by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, Quentin Tarantino. And John Boom and Joe, you can double team picking the lion, the tiger, Tin Man, the, tin man. the Scarecrow, and Dorothy. Yeah, you guys take two and two. All right, yo. So we're doing all right. Go ahead, Joe. No, no. So I just want to make sure I got the whole thing straight. We're doing the Wizard of Oz. Yep. Direct directed by Quentin Tarantino again. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's back for another movie. Two and one. Wow. He's one, right. He's one of our favorites. We just use him a lot. We don't <laughs> know many directors, so we just recycle Quentin Tarantino a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I. I I think I have a good cast idea. Go ahead. I want John to go first. It's though. either Tarantino or Scorsese. No. Okay. <laughs> so, You're going one way or the other, but we're going in a new direction. Okay, the John. The lion is going to be played because now we got Queen uh, what's that, uh, CGI. No, 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 no. We're no. CGI. Lawrence Fishburne. Oh. Lawrence Fishburne yeah. is the oh. voice of the lion. Okay. Yep, yeah. All right. And then the Tim man, I'm going to give him Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, I all fucking right, all love right. it. All right, all right, all right. I got you. Okay. What I need right. is some hope. So, <laughs> all right. So, for, for the Scarecrow, I want to pick Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz is going to act his ass off in this movie. (laughs) I know he will. I need him to shut everybody down. (laughs) And then, who do I got got, got left? I got Judy Garland's character? Yep. Dorothy. You got Dorothy. Mm. Dorothy. So the Scarecrow will be the wise one who needs a brain. This is good. We got... Who the hell is Christoph Waltz? He's the guy from uh, Inglorious Bastards. He's a killer. The one that actor. played the Jew Hunter? The Jew Hunter. That's it. The main dude. I think we'll, we'll have uh, Mandler Stenberg play fucking oh, Dorothy. I'm to look this one up. What's her name? Amandla. A M A N D L A. She was the one that was in um the Hate You Give. Okay. Do you know I still have to watch the Hate You Give? Yeah. Okay. Okay. She played the the main character in that. That's what's up. She was Rue in Hunger Games, which is bugging me out because I remember that she was mad young. Dorothy. That's perfect, actually. She, uh, Wait, so, she okay, played... so who's Christoph Waltz? Waltz Christoph Waltz is the scarecrow. scarecrow. Oh, really? He seems nice. So Am I bad? Who yes, was going to be he, He's the smart one. And then you've got uh, Lawrence Fishburne is like the one who needs bravery. And uh, the Tin Man was, who was it again? This was great. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Needs heart. <laughs> he needs a heart. <laughs> he needs heart. Yeah. So they're all kind of cast towards what they would, you know in real life when they get what they need best mdc ever pow quentin tarantino's the wizard <laughs> of oz starring amanda Sendberg, uh matthew mcconaughey <laughs> lawrence christoph waltz and lawrence fisher that's fire right there <laughs> yo that's fire that's mdc and like a motherfucker yo uh so listen we're getting to that time so ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening you guys got any Hurting words. Remy, say, what would you like to say before we head out? Uh, Just uh, make sure when you go out to wear all the protective gear, be smart about what you're doing, and stay smart. Just because numbers are starting to slow down doesn't mean they're going away. Be safe, guys. John Poole, you got something to say? 
you know, same thing. Be safe, stay home, stay safe. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Don't go out. Listen to TFP. Get our views up. You ain't got nothing else to do. Listen to TFP, baby. We got 50 strong episodes. Joe, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate My you. Pleasure. You got anything you want to say? You want to shout out your handle? You want to, you know? Yeah. Um. Uh, on Instagram, it's I like Muay Thai, just like the way it's spelled. Um. Or you can email me at uh, Muay Thai Instructor at Gmail. If you need to get in touch with me. Um, or you can just find me at Eight Venoms Muay Thai in T-Neck when we finally open again. Um, and as far as what I'd like mm-hmm. to say, everybody just be a bit more tolerant and nicer to each other. Everybody's going through this, and people need to stop bugging out over dumb shit. It's, the, 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 mm-hmm. There's so much serious shit going out that things like being in line shouldn't, shouldn't be an issue. Relax. Yeah, you got nowhere to go. Yeah, man. I hear you and on that not, one. Joe's gonna kick you in the chest. That's right. <laughs> Push kick. That is that. And on that note, <laughs> this is Charlie Tricks, the fans' perspective, and we just want to say, have a good night. Peace.